Are you committing one of these technology mistakes in your classroom? I know I sure have from time to time. As our classrooms become more and more digitized, I'm not really sure if that's a word, but I'm going to go with it. You know what I mean. (laughs) And as we integrate more and more technology in our classrooms, we're bound to run into a few snags along the way. And in this episode, we're going to explore some of the most common mistakes that are made when it comes to using technology in the classroom with our students and how to fix them and avoid them in the future. Let's roll the music. Welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast, a podcast for elementary teachers who want to feel inspired each week on your ride into school. I'm your host, Rachel, and my goal is to give you simple and actionable 21st century teaching strategies that you can take into your classroom to spark the love of learning in your students. You are already amazing, and together we're going places. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. Okay, I know I've been guilty of these classroom technology mistakes more than once. We try so hard to provide our students with 21st century learning experiences. That's experiences that often include technology and multimedia and all the bells and whistles. And the intention is good, but the execution sometimes hits a snag. So I wanted to share my own experiences of the challenges that I've had with classroom technology, the mistakes I've made, and the ways that I've tried to avoid making these mistakes over and over. Although I must admit, I can be sometimes a slow learner. So if you find yourself making the same mistake over and over too, don't feel bad. So let's dive into six common mistakes made when it comes to classroom technology. And these are in no particular order. Of course, they're all equally as frustrating in the classroom. All right, let's look at mistake number one. It's using technology for the sake of using technology. Now, I know this might seem a little contradictory to what I've been preaching about classroom technology, but hear me out. Yes, I do love classroom technology, and yes, I think you should be using it on a regular basis, but no, I do not think you should be using it just so that you can say you use technology with your students. Any technology you may use in your classroom needs to have a goal and a purpose, and it needs to be meaningful. Now, if you've been around for a little while, you'll notice that this is a reoccurring theme here on the podcast in the past few episodes, and we'll certainly link to some of those related podcast episodes so that you can explore this idea a little bit more. Because I think it's essential that the digital activities that we have our students do, well, if we're being honest, really any activity that we have our students do, it needs to have a purpose. But when it comes to many digital instructional activities, I've seen a lot of online games and activities that are more about the bells and whistles and the flashy animations than they are about actually learning. And we want to avoid using that type of technology just for technology's sake. Instead, with each digital activity, we should be asking ourselves like, what do we want our students to get out of this? Is this the best way to achieve it? Sometimes the answer is yes. And sometimes the goals that we have for a particular activity can be better achieved through other methods that might not actually include technology. And that's okay too, because I do also think that it's important that we strike a healthy balance between digital and non-digital instruction in our classrooms. So mistake number one is using tech for the sake of using tech. Now, mistake number two kind of goes along with that, but it's a little different. Mistake number two is not setting clear objectives. And like I said, this mistake goes right along with the mistake of using tech for tech's sake. Often when we do that, 
we don't set clear objectives. We don't really know what we're trying to get out of that particular digital activity because we just think that, oh, this is going to be fun. Our students are going to love it. But we've got to have clear objectives. And when we do have those clear objectives, we know the results that we're looking for in our students. And when we know what we want our students to accomplish, we can better set them up for success. You're likely familiar with the idea of the essential question because as teachers, we often ask ourselves, what is the essential question we want our students to be able to answer after the lesson is over? And oftentimes we even present that essential question to our students. Those are the familiar I can statements because if they can answer that question, we know our objectives have been met. We need to have the same thought process when it comes to using classroom technology. So we can ask ourselves questions like, What 21st century skill do I want my students to master with this digital activity? Skills like online research, improving typing skills, learning how to navigate new websites, and so on. Those are all great objectives to have for a digital activity. If you're unclear, however, of what the objective is, chances are you're using technology for the sake of using technology. And when we have clear objectives and communicate those objectives to our students, they know better what is expected of them so that they can be more focused. I know for me, when I reflect on a lesson gone wrong, digital or not really, it's usually because my students really didn't know what the objective was. They didn't know what the goal of the learning experience was. And that was often because I didn't really take the time to fully hash out what the objective was myself before launching into the activity aka using technology for technology's sake. Or I just didn't communicate those objectives clearly to my students. So mistake number two is not setting clear objectives. Mistake number three is not setting clear expectations and routines and procedures. I love me a good routine and procedure looks like sounds like chart where you talk about what something looks like and you talk about what it should sound like with your students. This is my go-to way to teach students routines and procedures. What does it look like to use this digital device? What should it sound like? And so on. Not setting clear expectations and going over routines and procedures, I would say accounts for 98% of digital activities gone wrong. Actually, digital or not, when we don't go over routines and procedures with our students, we are cruising for a bruising. But especially with classroom technology, even in this digital world that we live in, where our students are considered digital natives, which I talk a lot about in episode 97, we'll link to it, you can check it out. But even with our students who are considered digital natives, they still need explicit instruction on everything, everything from how to care for the classroom technology, how to navigate certain websites, how to get access to those websites with your classroom passwords or whatever it may be, and so much more. Here are some routines and procedures you might consider going over with your students. First, you might just go over how to get and return digital devices from wherever they're being stored in the classroom. That's one that I think teachers often overlook, but it is so important. You don't want chaos. You don't want a huge group of students flooding to that area of the classroom where you keep your digital devices. You need to go over exactly when they're allowed to get it, how they're supposed to get it, and then how they're supposed to return it. Along the same lines, go over behavioral expectations for actually using the digital devices, how to use it with care, how to clean the devices if you have them do that, and so on. You can talk about when and where these digital devices can be used. Obviously, if you have a whole class activity going on, they're obviously allowed to use it. But maybe there are other times in the classroom, some free time in the classroom, when they're allowed to go and get the digital devices and use them for whatever purpose. You might also want to go over how 
how and who to ask for help when they're using the digital devices. And we're going to talk about this in a second, but you aren't the only one that can be helping them. Help them understand the routines and procedures around getting help when they run into issues. You might also want to go over what students are allowed to do on the digital devices. Obviously, if you have a specific activity, they're only supposed to be doing that. But if there is something like free time, talk about what's appropriate to be doing on the device and what is not. And then also, you might want to go over the routine and procedure of how to get access to commonly used websites or Google Classroom or Microsoft Meets, whatever you might use for your learning platform. Those are just some of the routines and procedures that you might want to consider. But really, don't assume anything. I repeat, don't assume anything. Go over from start to finish what is expected of them as they use that digital device. If you feel at any time that your classroom has settled into chaos when it comes to your digital instruction time, look first to the routines and procedures that you have or don't have set in place and really take the time to teach, reteach, practice, and review those routines and procedures all year long, not just at the beginning of the year, but really all year long. All right, mistake number four is changing up your classroom technology too often. Here's what I mean. Students need repeated practice, especially when it comes to classroom technology. So obviously, you don't want to change up your routines and procedures very often. You want to keep those very standard, something that they know and come to expect, but also resist the urge to introduce a whole bunch of new websites or a new type of digital activity too often. I know for me, I always had the urge to introduce a new website or a new activity because I was afraid students would get bored or moan when they heard that we were going to be doing an activity that they had done before. But by having students complete similar or reoccurring digital tasks, they gain the confidence and the competence with that particular activity. Here's a quick example. I have a series of grammar linktivities. They're called GeoGrammar. And so for each grammar skill, students virtually travel to a different location on Earth. We use the Google Earth website. It's just a whole lot of fun. And it's my way of making grammar, a notoriously boring topic, a whole lot more interesting. So for each GeoGrammar linktivity, students follow the same flow of activities. They first watch a quick animated video introducing the skill. Then they see it modeled for them in several examples. Then they complete similar digital activities to show what they've learned. The skills are different, but the activity to practice that skill is the same. That way, students can focus on the skill, not the task. So when students open up another GeoGrammar Linktivity, they know what to expect. It all looks the same. It all feels the same. It all works the same. And now they can just focus on the skill. They know exactly where to go, what to click, what to do, and so on. Repetition produces results. So think about what this looks like in your classroom. Is there a way that you can create a repetitive activity where once the students learn the process and the flow of that digital activity, it can be repeated over and over with different skills? How does that look in your classroom? All right, mistake number five is not simplifying the technology process. Technology is supposed to make our lives easier, not harder. Of course, at first, technology can feel challenging when we're doing something new, but as students learn new tech skills, they get better at navigating it. But we can also help simplify the learning process. We can help make it easier by eliminating some of the barriers. 
For example, instead of having students type in a web address that's 8,000 characters long, we can create QR codes for them to scan so that they can get right to the activity. Or we can use the bookmark feature in your internet's browser where your students can just click on the icon in the browser's toolbar to get quick access. This is gonna help eliminate your students typing in the address, which they're going to type in wrong, and then need your help. We can also start to teach students keyboard shortcuts, like the shortcut for copying and pasting. So on your PC, this is control C to copy, control V to paste, or control Z to undo an action. These quick little keyboard shortcuts will help your students be more efficient when working on their device. So we can start teaching them these little shortcuts early on so that they become really good at using them, they start to use them, and then like I said, become more efficient. All right, mistake number six, the last mistake that I'm gonna share with you today, and I already slightly mentioned it earlier, is that teachers often think that they are the only ones that can help their students when they run into issues on their devices. Just because you're the only adult does not mean that you are the only one that can help out students when they run into issues. You are only one person. You can't answer all the questions. And if you try to, you're going to drive yourself crazy and then you're not going to want to use classroom technology with your students. The good news is that you don't have to answer all the questions. You can appoint several tech savvy students or even train some students to be your tech experts and they can help answer some basic technology questions for their classmates. You can even give them a special badge so that the students can easily identify them. So if you've got two or three students that you know are really good at using technology, give them that special honor, give them a badge so that students know who they can ask and so that you're not the only one that they go to. There are lots of little things that students can help other students in their class do that does not require your help. Things like, where do I find a password for this website? Or what's that shortcut on my keyboard again? Things like that, that they don't need to ask you. They can ask their classmates instead. And like I said, when you spot those tech-savvy students, bring them in for a special lunch, do a little training with them, have a little troubleshooting skills session, and they can be a humongous help later on in the classroom, and it will help save your sanity as well. All right, so there you have it, six mistakes that teachers often make when it comes to using classroom technology. Now, I'd love to help you tackle some of these issues and get ahead of them before they become issues in your classroom. I have a free classroom technology kit that has all sorts of goodies in there for you that you can use with your students. It includes a routines and procedures checklist that you can customize for your students. It has a keyboard shortcuts poster and a bookmark that you can provide your students to help them learn some of those keyboard shortcuts and a few other things to help you keep classroom technology running smoothly in your classroom. So if you want that classroom technology kit, like I mentioned, it's completely free. And if you just head over to classroomnook.com, forward slash podcast, forward slash 111, that's 111, and you can grab that free classroom technology kit and start using it in your classroom. All right, that's all I have for you today. Everything that we talked about today, including that free technology kit, is over in the show notes. Make sure you head over there and get all sorts of great information about how to make classroom technology not the scary thing in your classroom. We've got a lot of things to deal with. Classroom technology doesn't always have to be one of them. So I hope you learned a few helpful tips and can start using this in your classroom. Have a great rest of your day and I will be back again next week with another episode. Bye for now.